Good morning. Remind you, if you have a prayer request, if you'll raise your hand, we'll get one of the ushers to give you a prayer card. I have several announcements. Uh, Daryl Richforth, who's the mission team chairperson, asked us to announce that the Red Bird mission trip is coming up on May the 3rd through May the 9th. Memorial United Methodist Church participates in conjunction with Aldersgate United Methodist Church, and he's looking for more volunteers to go and be part of this. Uh, Red Bird is a missionary conference in the Appalachian area of Kentucky in the, where that helps those uh, who live in the very uh, poor area of uh, the coal mining areas up there. And our church has been going every year and doing work. And if, you, if you're interested um, in going, and the church subsidizes part of the cost, um, if you will let Daryl Richforth know, and Darryl, most of you know Daryl, and, um, and I'm hoping... I'm thinking maybe this might something about this might be in the contemporary service bulletin announcement. Today is library day, so if you will look for Miss Beth after the children's time to go to the library. Children, let's see here. All right. Make a Swish pictures are now online, and many thanks to all those who made a pledge to support our mission kids, and especially those who came out for our event. And kids, remember that regular Sunday night programs meet tonight. Love is in the air. Be there. <laughs> it is, isn't it? What's coming up? What happens next Saturday? There you go. <laughs> Boy, all I can say. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all you loved ones out there, you might be remembering that next Saturday is Valentine's Day. Also, there will be pancake breakfast here for donations if for the by the scouts that morning. So be big be a big spender and carry your loved one to the pancake breakfast first of all that morning. February 15th, which is next Sunday, is also what we call Big Hug Sunday. That's an annual tradition around here where our children's Sunday school classes visit the adult classes. They share sweet treats and hugs. Don't miss out on that. So children, pay attention, pay attention. All right, let's see if I got anything else. Today is, we do recognize Scouts Day in 11 o'clock service. I see we have a few uh, cubbers here with us this morning and, and leaders, and I, we appreciate our Scouts, and we look forward to recognizing them in the full service at 11 o'clock. Okay. We were supposed to, and I just don't, is Carol, is she, Carol here? Let's see her. Carol, we're supposed to receive Carol in the membership today. She might be under the weather. We hope to receive her soon. All right. Okay. It's all yours, Cindy. All right. We're trying something a little new this morning. We've got a medley of songs that we've put together for you, and we're planning on doing the same one for a couple of weeks in a row because we really hope that you guys will learn it and sing it with us. So sing along anywhere you know the words this morning, and be sure to offer us any feedback that you have after the service. If you'll stand and sing with us. Huh? 
would bow your heads and pray with me. Gracious God, thank you so much for this beautiful day, and thank you for each and every person who's here this morning. Everyone in this room is special not only to you, but to this church congregation, and we are so lucky to have this group to come together with and fellowship and praise your name. Help us to feel your presence this morning and focus our hearts and our minds on you as we prepare to worship. In Christ's precious and holy name we pray, amen. If you would turn and greet your neighbor and children come forward for the children's sermon. So sorry, Mr. Greg. Okay. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Hey. Okay. How you guys doing? Good. Good. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, cool. Okay, I've got some stuff with me. When you see these, not necessarily in the box, but when you see this, what does it make you think of, Emma? Christmas tree, for Christmas. Christmas tree, Christmas, right? Pretty solid. You see an ornament, you think Christmas tree. Okay, have you seen these on the backs of anybody's cars or sides? When you see this on somebody's car, what does that mean? You're from Memorial Church. You're from Memorial Church, that's right. You go to Memorial. Mommy, I wonder what Bailey's not here yet. Okay. If you see somebody walking around, you see what this is? A Bible. A Bible. If you see somebody walking around with a Bible, what does that mean to you? Yes, Natalie. They're a Christian. Very good. You guys passed the test. Okay. Do we always carry ornaments around with us? No. Do we always carry our magnets around with us? No. Do they even stick to you? No. No. Stick it to me. Do we care, always carry our Bibles around with us? Yes. We do sometimes, mostly on Sundays, sometimes when you're doing your devotionals, but not always, right? Okay. Because they if we don't always carry those things around with us, how can people know that we are Christians or that we love God? By showing others kindness. By showing others kindness. By showing others kindness. That is really good. Anybody else have any other ideas? Emma? By giving. By worshiping God. A worshiping God. Okay, that's really awesome. There's a scripture that my friend Paige sent to me this week, and it comes from John 13, and it says, listen, this is really cool. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. 
by this. All people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So if we show each other kindness and we show each other love, Hattie, then we can show others that we believe in Christ and that we love Jesus, right? So we don't have to have our magnets stick into our heads. We don't even have to have our Bibles beside us. And we don't have to have Christmas ornaments hanging off of us. We can just show God's love. Okay, let's pray. Dear God. Dear God. Thank you for Christmas ornaments. Thank you for Christmas ornaments. Thank you for Memorial. Thank you for Memorial. Thank you for our Bibles. Thank you for our Bibles. And thank you most of us most of all. Thank you most of all for your love. For your love. Help us to show it to each other. Help us to show it to each other. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good job, guys. children will be leaving to go to the library day. I just remind you, I see a bunch going. As we begin our time of prayer, I want to remind you to pray for, continue to pray for our group that's over in the Holy Land. Today they would be finishing up their first day of touring after arriving last night. Since they're hours ahead of us, they're about to finish their first Sunday in the Holy Land. Let's pray. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Oh God, you sit in heaven and see all that you have made. And you reign over all creation. And we, your children, come and gather here in this place of meeting. And we lift up our eyes to you to sing glorious praises to you, O Lord but also to come and confess our many sins before you and others. We know of the good news that we've been entrusted with and how we're to carry it in the world. And yet, instead of calling attention to you, we call attention to ourselves. We confess, O oh Lord, that we need your pardon this day. We pray that you, in your mercy, that you would spare us and, and dust us off and forgive us and give us once again your spirit so that we might be empowered to fulfill the task in our generation. Give us enough strength that we might willingly be weak when it supports your word. We know that uh, it's your will for everyone to be healed uh, within your son Jesus Christ. And so we pray this day that uh, you will help uh, us uh, to bring uh, comfort to those who are in need of it, that pain would leave those who are suffering from it, that the brokenhearted would bind up their wounds and be healed, and you would help us to accept your good and perfect will uh, that brings wholeness to each one that we pray for in our hearts now. Oh 
Oh God, you are the one who hears us and answers us. And we come before you humbly in Christ's name, praying as he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, I'm, at, I'm still in Mark. <laughs> not much further than I was last week. In fact, it's just a little bit after that. Mark 1, 29. Give attention to reading of God's Word. Now, as soon as they left the synagogue, you remember last week they were in the synagogue and uh, people heard Jesus teach and they were amazed. And they, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Um, Simon's mother-in-law, Simon's the one who later Jesus calls Peter, was in bed with a fever and they told Jesus about her. So he went to her and took her hand and helped her up and the fever left her and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed and the whole town gathered at the door and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who Jesus was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. And Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for your love to us. And we thank you so much for how you model uh, things for us. If we'll just see them and take them to heart. We pray in your name. Amen. It seems to me that if when you when you read through a passage like that at first you know it just seems straightforward but if you think about it a while and look in it a little deeper i think you might see some insights and that's what i want to share with you this morning you might see some insights into the way our lord thinks and how what our lord sees as keys to effective living uh, that's what this i think i see is some keys to effective living for Jesus starts off with worship. And for worship was a place for Jesus to come out of the ordinary, out of the world, into the extraordinary, to gain strength. And after worship, after Jesus has worshiped, they leave and they go into the world, a place of need. And I, I want you to see that in this case, it was the, uh, the need was Simon Peter's mother-in-law who was sick. Now, 
I'm sure our groups over there will go to the to Capernaum where this synagogue was and where Peter's mother-in-law's house was. The ruins are there. You can see them. They've been excavated and there's a beautiful church that was built on stilts over top of uh, Peter's mother-in-law's uh, area where she lived in the village. So it was close. It'd be kind of like if you left here and you went just a little ways to somewhere to eat after church. And it's not hard to imagine that Jesus on this Sabbath day and those disciples had not planned to go there to eat. And some commentators have suggested that Jesus healed the woman because they were hungry and they wanted her to wait on them. And I think that indeed is, uh, is, is probably uh, the, the most simplest reason, I guess, for something to happen. Because the scripture says as soon as she's made well, she did begin to wait on them. But I believe there's something more at work here, something greater than we might see at first glance. And that is something that is captured in the Lord's Prayer that we just said. In the Lord's Prayer, we always ask for our daily bread. We ask for our daily needs to be met. And we ask for these needs to be met so that we can meet other people's needs. So when Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law, it was the example of God providing for her daily need so that she in turn could provide a need. You see, there is a connection, I believe, between being strengthened in worship, being nourished and strengthened so that we in turn may offer nourishment and strength to others. And so I think the first key to effective living that I see in these scriptures when I read them begins with this. Regular worship is where we're strengthened to live out in the world. Regular worship, we are strengthened. We are strengthened in worship. And Jesus was strengthened and those others were strengthened that day in worship and they left to go into the world a place of need. Now the second thing I, I saw that's important about effective living is this. You see that Jesus healed this woman while it was still the Sabbath day. You all know the Sabbath begins uh, for the Jewish people, began on the evening prior and ended the evening that day. So it was still the Sabbath. Now this is in contrast, if you were paying attention to reading the Scripture, to all those people who came after the sun went down. After the Sabbath was over, they all showed up at Peter's uh, mother-in-law's house at the door. It said Jesus at the door healed people long into the night. And it seems to me that this is an important lesson for us. Jesus modeled something very important right here for all of us disciples. He And he repeated this many times in his actions and I believe in his words and deeds. And that is God's grace is always sovereign over God's law. God's grace is sovereign over God's law. Doing the right thing is always the right thing to do. Doing the right thing is always the right thing to do, regardless of any man-made rules. Showing others grace is never wrong, and this, I believe, is the second key to effective living. We come into worship to be strengthened and nourished, to take and work with the needs outside of here, but we also come here to receive grace. We come here to be reminded of the grace we've received by God. 
And we receive this grace so that we in turn can go and offer grace into the world. And that's an important aspect of effective living. Now, as it's been said early on, the, the, the fame, if you will, of Jesus spread rapidly. And in this case, as soon as that synagogue meeting, that worship meeting was over, those folks went out of there talking about Jesus. And it made me think about, do we go out of here and talk about Jesus with such fervor and enthusiasm as they did that day? Because if they hadn't talked about Jesus, the entire village wouldn't have shown up to see Jesus. In fact, when all those people started showing up at Peter's mother-in-law's door, I can't, I can't hardly believe that she didn't get sick again. Oh my Lord, she probably thought. I have to deal with all these crowds of people now. People were coming to Jesus long into the night. Can you imagine how tired Jesus the man must have been? And yet the scripture says that after he had worked long into the night healing people, after he had gone to bed for a short time, the next morning while it was still dark, so it was early, he went to a solitary place to pray. He left the village. And I'll tell you a little bit about the geography. That is very near where the Sermon on the Mount Hill uh, is. Look at this pattern. Worship. To be strengthened and nourished and to receive grace. Into the world. Into the world of the place of need. Uh, to serve others. And to bring them what they need. And then a return to worship through this solitary prayer time outside the village. Jesus modeled to his disciples, in my opinion, a ministry of service in those few little acts. Jesus modeled for us the source of our strength for ministry as worship and prayer. Jesus modeled a life of intentional worship and intentional service. And it's important for us to be reminded of this as disciples. Just as after worship we go into the workplace, the marketplace, the schoolyard, the neighborhoods, these are all places of need. These are all places that we can serve others by, as Rochelle got some of the kids to say, sometimes it's as simple as being kind. Being kind to someone. That's a service. Uh, we then, after we've been out in the world and we've expended our energy on all the things that are in need in the world, we have to be renewed again. And so we come back for renewal. We come back for worship. Or we spend the evening in prayer or the morning before the day starts in devotion. This is a model 
that Jesus modeled for us, a way for us to gain strength for the work that we have to be about as we go through our day as Christians. Because we don't just have a vocation. You know, our vocation is just not being uh, whatever it might be, teacher, principal, business uh, leader, or owner. Uh, it's more than that. Our vocation is to be a Christian into the world, to be a light, and to be a beacon of hope for others. So, Jesus modeled this behavior. Now he's away praying, being strengthened for his next day. And crowds of people are beginning to gather again. In fact, so many people showed up and gathered and started asking, demanding almost for Jesus, uh, that the disciples went looking for him. And I think it's interesting that we disciples uh, know that as, as these needs are drawn, God draws these needs to us, and we get overwhelmed sometimes uh, in this effort. And so we too must seek and find a new source of strength and power uh, so that we can, can do, in this case, they wanted to go get the person of Jesus and bring him back. And it seems to me like that just makes me think that if our day-to-day -day efforts are weak sometimes, it's probably because we just need to seek a fresh understanding of this source of strength. We need to seek a fresh uh, connection to the Lord. When things appear overwhelming in your life, do as the disciples did. Seek Jesus. Seek Him out and ask for His help. And to me, this is the third key to effective living. So now what Jesus does next is um, very important for us to understand. A lot of people misunderstand this, I believe. Because Jesus tells the disciples, we've got to move on. Now, at first reading, it seems like that someone could say and may have thought that Jesus is like, okay, that's enough. I've done enough. I've healed enough. I've, I've, I've got to move on. Okay? These people here are going to drive me crazy. <laughs> Too many of them coming to me. That's the way it kind of sounds, doesn't it, at first? But that's not what he's doing. What Jesus is doing is very, very important because what Jesus is doing is setting up his church. Jesus has modeled the behavior for his disciples. And now he tells his disciples, we have to move on to more places. Okay? So let's recap just a minute. Jesus gained strength from prayer and worship. And through that power, Jesus healed and transformed many. And by his example, Jesus trained others to do the same. That's his church. We are his church, connected to God in such a way that we could do greater things than Jesus did, and we, Jesus told us that we would. Jesus is not abandoning anybody. Jesus is not abandoning. Jesus put in place a method, if you will, a way, if you will, to continue this ministry when he's gone. Jesus knew that he wouldn't be there all the time. And the ministry had to be continued. And the ministry is continued first and foremost by modeling to all those who would follow him how they should do. 
And once they know what they're to do, he can go on. Think about Paul. Paul did this very effectively when the institutional church actually was set up. Uh, Paul placed people who were ministers or who were leaders in different places after he left, and they kept the church going in those areas. And that's what Jesus is doing. Jesus is not abandoning people. He's putting in place His church. And through His church, He knew we could do more than He ever could. Now Jesus is equipping us for this ministry. And, and if we are disciples, we claim to be. We claim to be followers of Christ and disciples. Then we must realize that we're always receiving a call by God to follow the practices of Christ Jesus and to model His behavior first by gaining strength in worship, then by going into the world and to use whatever means necessary, whatever we have, whoever, whoever we find in need. And once we have helped them and done what we need to do, we turn uh, them into a blessing too. You see, think about it. We're blessed to be a blessing and it's a continuous, unbroken circle. So when the Word is made flesh, the needy, that's all of us coming to Jesus the first time, we, we, we get what we need to be healed from Jesus and we become disciples. And then as disciples, we go out and spread the Word and model the behavior uh, that Jesus did. So in other words, the needy become disciples and the disciples become evangelists. And from the very beginning, this is the way Jesus operated. And this is the way He modeled things for us. Jesus modeled for us how to do ministry and missions and how to live effectively in this world. And this is the responsibility of all of us who would call ourselves people of God. And what we need to do as we get ready to go on our Lenten journey is to reaffirm our commitment to the calling that each one of us have. Each one of us are called. Each one of us are gifted. Each one of us are appointed. Each one of us has a role in the church. As Paul said, some are to be preachers and teachers. Some are to be evangelists. If Some are to be those who comfort others. Some are to be those who will support the church. We all have a role. We all have a commitment. And we must reaffirm our commitment, I believe, in this time. And the Lenten journey is a great time to do that. Next Sunday is Transfiguration Sunday. Transfiguration Sunday is to, is to point with Jesus midway from the Galilee back to Jerusalem. Goes up to the mountain to pray once again to be strengthened. Takes two disciples with him. And there before their eyes they see him transfigured and they see a vision of, a Mo of Moses and Elijah. And they hear God's voice once more say, listen to Jesus. Listen to Him. That begins then the journey to the cross with Ash Wednesday, the five Sundays of Lent, Palm Sunday, and Easter. So let us reaffirm our commitment not to Joseph, but to this church, to Christ's holy church, by our actions. For our actions will always speak louder 
than our words. Amen. All right, let's stand and affirm our faith as a response to God. Let us join our voices. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, and life in death and life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Let our ushers come forward to receive our offerings.
sing with us. Blessings of the Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, our Almighty, eternal, triune God, one God now and forever. Amen.
a great week. Good job, baby.